Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. Rabbi. Shlomo HaMelech, King Shlomo, was the child of David HaMelech, King David, and Bathsheba. Remember that Bathsheba was the woman with whom he had an affair, who was still more or less married to Uriah. As a result of their quick affair, she became pregnant. That child was born and then died in infancy. They became married and had another child, and that child was King Shlomo. It is, of course, interesting that King Shlomo, of all of the 30 children that King David had from his various wives and concubines, it is interesting that Shlomo HaMelech, the child of a marriage that began through adultery, would be the child who would be chosen. In terms of what we discussed last week, this indicates that King David whose second mountain was teshuva, was repentance, he must in fact have done complete repentance to the point where God would choose this child of King David among all the other children to be the next king of Israel. King Shlomo, as he became king, was in many ways quite different from his father David HaMelech. While David fought for the kingship that he ultimately gained through risk and battle, through faith and love and perseverance, King Shlomo was born with an almost literal silver spoon in his mouth. He was born wealthy and born empowered. And this fact is reflected in the events that populated his life being very different from the events that populated the life of his father, David Amelech. And this different reality is also reflected in the books that they wrote. While David Amelech, King David, wrote the book of Psalms, many of which are songs and prayers begging God to come to his aid, Shlomo Hamelech wrote different books entirely. There are three books that are attributed to Shlomo HaMelech, which are Kohelet, Ecclesiastes, Mishle, Proverbs, and Shir HaShirim, Song of Songs. Reading Ecclesiastes, you find the observations and the journey of a man who is not troubled by what is happening outside of himself. He doesn't find himself facing enemies in war. Rather, he is pursuing a more inner journey. He is wondering, what is it all about? He, unlike his father, has the luxury of building beautiful buildings for himself, of pursuing all manner of pleasure, and wondering, is this pleasure what it is all about? Not surprisingly, he finds himself unsatisfied by those pleasures. And he seeks something longer lasting, more permanent, something that offers a deeper satisfaction, which is not dependent upon that which comes and goes. We find the famous lines to everything, there is a season. 
because he has discovered that there is no simple one way to live. There's nothing that offers satisfaction that will be permanent. He understands that his life and the world around him is constantly changing. And he soon comes to understand that adapting himself to that kind of constant change is necessary in order for him to experience the kind of satisfaction that life has to offer. In fact, according to our tradition, he has a special ring upon which he has engraved the phrase, Gam ze yavur, this too shall pass. This ring that he has will play an important role in the following story. Given that King Shlomo's mahut, the auspices of his kingdom, extend from one end of the world to another, his pursuits, and perhaps we might say his sense of adventure, takes him beyond the horizons of the physical world, as we know it, to the world of Shadim, the world of demons. In fact, our tradition indicates, based upon several sources, that King Shlomo was also king over the demons. And he would have to exercise this kingship over the demons because he needed their help in hewing the stones that would have to be used in the building of the first temple. Since Shlomo HaMelech understood that the temple would have to be made of stones that were not hewn with metal, since metal itself is a tool of war, he therefore knew that he needed to gain access to a special worm called the Shamir. This Shamir is the same worm that Moshe, that Moses used to engrave the names of the tribes of the Jewish people onto the stones that would be used in the breastplate, that would be used in the Mishkan and in the temple. And Shlomo needed access to this Shamir so that he could hew the stones that would be used in the temple that he was going to build. The problem was he did not know where this Shamir was. He asked the rabbis of his time what he should do, and they told him that he should capture two demons and ask them where to find it. He did so, and he asked them, or maybe tortured them, to find out where the Shamir worm could be found, and they claimed that they did not know, but if he could somehow get a hold of Ashmedai, who was the demon king, perhaps Ashmedai could tell Shlomo. There's a whole long story about Shlomo sending his number one, his main guy, Binayahu, out to capture Ashmedai, which he did after a long story, and he brought Ashmedai to Jerusalem, which is another long story. And finally, Ashmedai, in chains, and not just regular metal chains, but chains bound with holy names of God that he was therefore not allowed to break, he stood before King Shlomo. He agreed to tell Shlomo where the Shamir worm could be found, and King Shlomo sent out emissaries to bring back the Shamir. Meantime, King Shlomo found a wise conversation partner in this demon king, Ashmedai. At some point, Ashmedai said to King David, you know, there's a verse, Kitoafot Re'em Lo, 
which means something like the flying ones high to him, high meaning in high altitude, in high elevation. And he says, Ashmedai is learning this verse out, and he says, Ketoafot, these flying things, that's the angels. Re'aim, these high, these lofty beings, that's the demons. King Shlomo is curious, and he asks, what is your advantage over the angels such that you are able to be higher than the angels? He says to him, take off this chain and give me your ring, and I will show you. Until this moment, we could say that King Shlomo is at the top of the first mountain. He has achieved greater wisdom than anyone else. He is obviously infinitely wealthy. And in fact, he has a chavruta with Ashmedai, the demon king. He is learning from a massive source of power, and he's feeding his desire for knowledge and for wisdom. And here he has a chance to understand something essential about what's happening in the world. He can learn more about shadim, about demons, and that will only be to his advantage because he has shown an ability to harness the power of the demons to accomplish great things. Standing at the top of his first mountain, King Shlomo releases Ashmedai from those chains and gives him his ring, which says, Gamze Yavor, this too shall pass. Ashmedai swallows the ring. He touches one of his wings to heaven, one of his wings to earth, and flings King Shlomo 400 Persian miles out and away from the kingdom, out and away from the first mountain. And now we find Shlomo wandering around the far outskirts of the kingdom. And he's wondering to himself, quoting from the book of Kohelet, the book of Ecclesiastes, he says to himself, Ma yitron la'adam b'cho amalo she'yamol tachat ha'shamash. What benefit, what advantage is there for a person in all of the work they do under the sun? And this is my lot. This is what I've left from all my work. And everywhere he goes, again, a line from that book of Ecclesiastes, Ani Kohelet, I am Kohelet. Haiti Melech al Yisrael v'yishalayim. I was the king of Israel in Jerusalem. And in this sense, we can see the second mountain that King Shlomo has to climb wherein he was born to an identity that was completely given and given to him. And now he has to prove that he is himself. He has to prove that he's the king. He has to convince people 
somehow he has to persist even though he must sound literally like a crazy person claiming to be Shlomo, the king. This is where his wisdom has gotten him and we will have to figure out where where he must go from there. <laughs>